This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Big uh, road hockey tournament going on in London, Ontario this weekend. Hockey Fest is the name of it. And they had their big kickoff event last night. I uh, was fortunate to be asked to host the event. And it worked out. The stars aligned. There was a Leaf game on. Stars didn't align as much as they could have. I mean, the Leafs, the Leafs could have won the game. It would have mm-hmm. been nice. But it was cool to have the Toboggan Brewing Company in downtown London filled with blue and white, Leaf fans galore. Uh-huh. And they were there to see a couple of Leaf legends and watch the game. Uh, Doug Gilmore was in the house, and so was Curtis Joseph. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, and myself got to chat with Cujo, and here's our conversation. Round two, that feels good to say. Game two, Panthers versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got Leaf alumni legend Curtis Joseph standing here. How are you, Cujo? I'm good. I'm I'm better that I'm not playing. (laughs) Do you still... Like, when you watch those guys get out there between the pipes, does it remind you of those butterflies? Oh, yeah. When I'm down near the ice level and you smell the ice and you feel the, you feel the, the uh, intensity, um, then you get the itch. You're like, you know, you feel like, wow, I'd love to be in there. But I don't have the same, uh, I don't have the same uh, pressure that I did watching it as you do when you played. What about being a Leaf player in the regular season versus in the playoffs? The atmosphere, the way the fans respond when you win in the playoffs in Toronto. Yeah, it's totally different. Like, to me, regular season, I don't want to uh, knock it down a little bit, but the playoffs are everything. It's, uh, it's where you make a name for yourself. It's where you can win uh, everything, and it kind of makes the uh, regular season you know, go away if you had a bad year. The playoffs are everything, and uh, that's what you play for, and I loved it. Every every other day you're playing, you're on the ice, and it's uh, it's like risk-reward. The higher the risk, the better reward, so uh, it's the best. We've heard the word curse thrown out quite a bit over the past 19 years. Do you believe in a Toronto Maple Leaf curse, or is it something else completely? No, it's not a curse, that's for sure. Uh, I was never superstitious. There's definitely pressure. Yeah. Like, more pressure than anywhere else. You know, Montreal will tell you different, but there's extreme pressure. So, uh, you know, the guys seem to be handling it uh, pretty well this year. So, yeah, I would not say a curse. I'd say pressure. You and Dougie are team ambassadors. Do any of the current players come to you seeking advice? If we are asked, we will help anybody that needs to. We, me and Dougie have both helped guys last year and the years before. It's just probably with the mental game and the, you know, getting over the nerves and, and certain things. It's always good to ask guys who came before you. I was like that too. I love seeing guys who, who came before me and asked them questions. So they have uh, tons of knowledge that uh, they can pass on. So it's always a good idea. I heard a rumor near the end of the season you were the e-bug for Toronto against Detroit. Is that true? No, 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 no. I, I, every time I'm in the building, I tell, uh, I tell Reed, hey, cancel your e-bug. I'm in the building. I'm ready to go. And he always laughs. It's our joke. But I, I had my equipment because uh, I was uh, filming a commercial the next day. And uh, it's actually aired on TV. But uh, uh, so I think it was on the security cam. The security camera 
got to the media, the media's texting me, I'm working as an ambassador. They're like, I go, yeah, 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 as a joke. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> oh, well, I'd go Better out. Better than a Zamboni driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but trust me, I'm not, as a 56-year-old, I'm not coming to the rink with my equipment hoping that a goalie gets hurt so I can play. Uh, that's passed me by, but it's definitely, and I couldn't play as, as good as these guys are now. I do love the passion of the Leafs fans, and uh, I remember sitting on the plane, I was going back to, to Scottsdale, and all these young kids sat beside me, and hey, they go, hey, you're trending on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't even know who they were, but they're They're, they're like, hey. breaking news to you. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say hi, they go, hey, you're trending on Twitter. Uh, I can only imagine uh, the party in here if we get a win tonight. I mean, it's uh, unreal to have you and Doug Gilmore joining Leaf fans in London, Ontario for Hockey Fest tonight. Cujo, thanks for your time, man. Let's have a party. Yeah, let's, uh, let's have a good time and get a win tonight. Spoiler alert. Oh, no. <laughs> Did not get a win. Oh, you guys were so positive, having so much fun. <laughs> that was at the start of the game. <laughs> Can you imagine if Cujo was the emergency backup goalie and he ended up going into a playoff game ah. in 2023? That moment would be incredible. You can't tell me it didn't cross his mind when he was carrying that gear in there. Yeah. Like he says, getting the whiff of the ice. You know, he was, it was treating it as a joke, but he probably would have loved it getting called in. The Taz and Jim Podcast. You had a soccer game last night, Jim? Soccer practice. Then I had a, uh, a buddy's play I went to, and uh, we bought tickets weeks ago, me and a couple other friends, before the Leafs made it to the second round of the playoffs. And sure enough, it was last <laughs> night. So I, I, I'm like watching this play, which was about the Donnellys. I think the play was just called The Donnellys. Uh, yeah. Now, a refresher if people don't know who the Donnellys are. There is a town outside of London, Ontario. It's called Lucan, Ontario. And it's uh, a lot of Irish immigrants moved there a couple hundred years ago. And there was a certain family that was accused of killing horses, burning down barns of rival farmers. And so all the people... I mean, allegedly, a bunch of townsfolk from this this small town of Luke and then pitchforks and torches went to this yeah. Donnelly farm, burnt it down, killed almost everybody there, and nobody was ever found guilty because they couldn't confirm who did it from the town. But they kind of had it coming. They kind of had it coming. It, if you watch different plays or read different stories about them, there's varying degrees of empathy for the Donnelly family. Some they try to like paint them as more innocent. Some they try to paint them as complete monsters. But I don't mm -hmm. really know what happened. Nobody does. Okay, so you couldn't watch the hockey game because you were stuck going to your buddy's play. How was the play? The play was great. The play was very good, and it was uh, musical too, so they had the full orchestra band playing at the Palace Theatre. So it was a really good production. Now, my buddy who's in it is an improviser. What's his name? Taylor. He's in oh, it. Oh, I know Taylor yeah, from yeah. your improv group. Yeah. So he's like a funny dude, so I always want to laugh at him when he's on stage, but it was a very serious play. <laughs> and at one point, he comes out with a mustache, a big old bushy mustache, and he's playing one of the Donnelly brothers. And I'm, I, this is a spoiler. This is a great play. I want everybody to go see it at the palace because it was really well done. But if you, I, this is a spoiler for the play. At one point, he goes backstage, and I hear my buddy Taylor... He didn't say that, but he was. I'm getting murdered. Yeah. So he's getting killed, but he's getting killed off, yeah, yeah. off stage. 
you're using your imagination. And I'm like, oh, man, that's my buddy Taylor. And I'm like, but I'm also trying not to laugh because I know him, you know? And I know it's very dark, and I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to laugh because the whole family's getting murdered. So I'm trying, I'm like biting my tongue, biting my lip, not laughing. And then lo and behold, they come out with my buddy Taylor's severed head, still wearing the b- fake bushy mustache. So now I'm trying not to laugh because it just, it just, he should have warned what me. What is it, like a, just a rubber head or something? I don't know what it was made of. Paper mache, paper mache, maybe something. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't like a mannequin head. It was. Was a it realistic looking? Yeah, not not the most realistic thing I've ever seen. But it was just the mustache. Because and so he comes. So I'm you know Taylor there. doesn't have a mustache. Yes. He's wearing a fake mustache in the play. Yes. That's already got you giggling. So then you see the separate head. It's comedy with the same fake mustache, and you you're losing it. Oh my god! And it was just reminding me of being in church and not trying to get in trouble with my dad beside me because I am like I'm trying not to laugh and I'm literally shaking Taz for ten minutes and then I look up to the to the roof or the ceiling of and I'm like I'm counting the lights. I'm like one two three four. Try not to laugh. Trying to distract yourself. I look back down. I'm like okay. I think I'm ready to look. One of those where you can't look at anyone else because if you lock eyes with the person next to you, oh, yeah. the two of you are going to start laughing I uncontrollably. My friend friend Caitlin at intermission, we went outside and hit the vape pen. So we're on another level of try not to giggle. <laughs> and then well, I, there it is. Well, I look back down and his head is still on the stage and it was 10 minutes later. <laughs> so I, I must have sounded like I was crying because I every time I was trying to exhale, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was awful. Like, the play was great, but I felt so bad, and like my abs were burning. Oh, my you just God. want like please get Taylor's <sighs> severed head off the stage. Please, I can't, look. so I can regain my my composure here. <sighs> Good time. The Taz and Jim podcast. Uh, talking Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you knew, Jim, you were gonna get some uh, some leaf chirps here after sure. a loss last night uh-huh. against Florida. Who's this? Hey, it's Dave in the main cave. What's up, Dave? Why do you guys still su- why do you guys still support the choke kings? Choke kings. The what? Why do you still support the choke kings? I got a better chance to get my high school diploma before they win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> you are and funny. I'm fifty seven. They haven't won squat since I've been born. Been a while. Who do you cheer for, Dave? Boston Bruins, my cousin's uh, Boston Brewer player, or used to be. What's his name? Bobby Orr. <laughs> I'm serious, buddy. Then why wouldn't you say Bobby Orr off the bat? You, well, we all know who Bobby yeah, Orr is. You don't say, say my cousin's cousin. Bobby Orr. Believe it, or not, believe it or not, some people don't know who Bobby Orr is. Okay. Say hi to cousin Bobby for us. See you, Dave. Jim's sitting there. He's in front of the keyboard, ready to Google. Yeah, yeah. Because you've been calling out uh, hockey uh, haters, people who just hate the Leafs and don't have a team of their yeah, own. They stand for nothing. They just want to see the world burn. Their, their identity yes. is hating the Leafs, not cheering for another NHL team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were ready. I'm like, like let's see if this guy actually. Yeah. Bobby oh, or... I, I had a cousin who played a little bit of basketball. What's his name? Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay, buddy. Get Bobby Orr to call us, Dave. Yes. Prove us wrong. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Dougie Gilmore, Devin Peacock, our sports guy is here. And I, I honestly don't know who was more excited, Jim, when he just met Doofy from Scary Movie, <laughs> <laughs> or Devin Peacock last night hanging out with Dougie and Cujo. 
I mean, it's incredible when you can meet uh, the guys who you had posters of on your walls, right? I mean, you, you watched. Yeah. I had a Doofy poster on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> You're framing that picture you just took with Doofy. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, Doug Gilmore and Cujo, two of the biggest like Leafs in the last, you know, four decades, you know. Like I, when I got to names. when I got to meet Felix Potvin, that was cool. He's my all-time favorite Leaf. Getting to meet uh, Doug Gilmore, Cujo. I mean, it's up there. Like you, you get to see these guys who you followed. You know, you would watch all the time. It's incredible, and they're really good with the fans. Like watching them both work the room last night is incredible. Yeah, they're a reason why they're both ambassadors for the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. We were at the kickoff event for Hockey Fest which is going on this weekend in London, Ontario, raising money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And Dev and I cornered Doug Gilmore and talked a little hockey. Here it is. Killer, round two of the playoffs. Good feeling, huh? You know what? It was uh, such a blessing to get past the first round. You see all the pressure off the kids, and we're watching this game right now. I know it's a hard-fought game, but... uh, you got to believe. I've known Sheldon Keefe since he was uh, 16, 17 years old, skating with us in Kingston. And uh, Kyle Dubas, first trade in, in the OHL I did with him. Was, I'm a GM. He's a GM. So, again, it's where I live pretty much. And uh, my longest standing team was five and a half years out of 20 years with Toronto. So it's, it's amazing. I, I, I'm cheering for him every day. We had one of the fans here at Hockey Fest ask you the question, if you could win a cup guaranteed with the Leafs but have to lose the cup you won in Calgary, would you take that trade? Listen. <laughs> I, I, could trade, I could trade my ring in 100%, but I'll buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. So it's done. Hey, what's done is done, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you, you can't. Again, you look at the past and you go through your career and you have regrets and you can't look at regrets. It's like, oh, maybe I should have stayed here. Maybe I should have stayed there. But at the end of the day, it's just like my time in Toronto was phenomenal. And then sometimes you you move on. And um, again, I'm a fan like you guys, and I'm cheering for the Leafs and see how it goes. You and Wendell in your prime against Marner and Matthews in their prime. Who wins that back and forth? <laughs> well, I think Killer beats the snot out of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wendell was a true leader. And, you know, I, when I was part of the Leafs, obviously, I got a phone call. I was at a Sillaps tournament in Toronto, or sorry, Kingston. And Wendell got traded for Mats. And it, it was just different. You know what I mean? Like, Mats is a great player great captain all that stuff but the two years that we had to run and all the, the one story i tell everybody all the time is like uh, gino ojik was all over me we we're playing against vancouver in 1993-94 season playoffs and pretty much wendell went up to pavel burry said if gino touches doug one more time i'll get to knock you out <laughs> gino i never saw gino the rest of the game <laughs> What do you remember more, the goals or the fights? You know, before Pat Burns uh, passed away, we had a reunion in maybe at uh, Scotiabank, or uh, it, it was just something that was so surreal that 
Pat always said, this is my favorite team, and it is my, one of my favorite teams too because we all accepted a role, and it was amazing. And we had fun off the ice. We had fun on the ice. No social media, no cameras. So we the good old days. We bonded together, and well, yeah, and we, we didn't charter unless it's playoffs. So we got to spend nights over and hang out with everybody. And so again, I know it's different, but uh, our, our times were a lot of fun. 30th anniversary of your wraparound goal against Cujo. He told a story about you signing that picture fans coming up and getting you to sign that picture in front of him you get a little bit of enjoyment out of those moments <laughs> you know what i didn't know kujo i never played with him and again i played against him and i told a story i brought him over to uh, uh spangler cup and he continued another year and a half of his career and it's just like he was such a competitor. Like, uh, honestly, God, guys, in uh, Maple Leaf Gardens, it was hot. And it was like two overtime periods. And he stopped probably almost 80 shots. And I snuck one in. And, again, we do a lot of charity stuff together. And he always says, uh, by the way, you know he scored other goals. <laughs> well, Dougie, you're an unbelievable player an unbelievable coach and watching you work the room here tonight at hockey fest you're an unbelievable ambassador for the toronto maple leafs go leafs go and again blessed to play a game that you love it's a lot of hard work sometimes painful sometimes toothless but it's all good <laughs> the taz and jim podcast king charles is getting coronated over there in england tomorrow starts at 4 a.m. if you want to set your alarm. No, thanks. <laughs> but we can't let the king get coronated and not talk to somebody with a British accent, Jim. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who do we know with a British accent? How about our friend Ben Rigg, who hosts a really cool podcast over in the UK? Yes, it's about music and media. Anyone can play guitar podcast with Ben Rigg, our British correspondent. Anything British. I think he regrets giving us his phone number. But let's, let's try and call him. He's like, guys, I want to talk about playing guitar. I don't want to talk about... World Cup. The royal family. <laughs> Marmalade. Yeah, anytime, anytime anything British comes up in the news. Ben! We're calling Ben. And he doesn't know we're calling. Hello? Hey, Ben, it's Taz and Jim calling from Canada. Oh, hi. How's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks. Not too bad. We figured you must be pretty pumped up for the coronation of King Charles this weekend. You know what? I can't get any sleep. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the feeling over there? People hate the guy? I don't think they hate them. Um, I think, um, you know what? I'm a bit detached from it. I'm not a royalist. I don't really care too much, to be honest. Do you find that interest in the royal family has declined over the past decade or so like since the Queen's your, passing? Parents, yeah, like your mom, I'm sure, was obsessed, or your, you know, your family. Are they still into it? Um, I would say this, yes and no. I would say no because um, the almost tabloid aspect of it. Sure, Harry Meghan um, is a bit. Yeah, Harry, Meghan, um, William, even back to Princess Diana, really. Um, but on the other side of it, as in the people who are proper into the royals, yeah, that's definitely declined. 
It's kind well, of become I mean, a big old reality show, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's can't can't forget about Royals Prince too. Andrew either. Not a lot of great PR <laughs> for the old royal family. You know what? The royals would love us to forget about <laughs> Prince Andrew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he went for a very expensive pizza, didn't he? So. <laughs> <laughs> So what, are people lining the streets there? What's the uh, the atmosphere going to be like? Are, how do you celebrate a coronation? Well, good, good question. So um, we all have Monday off, which, you know what? I'm being quite um, hypocritical because I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'll have a day off work, no problem. Love the um, royal family. Yeah, Thanks yeah, for the yeah, day yeah. off work. Tuesday, though, I'll have a different story. <laughs> ben, have a great weekend. Enjoy your day off on Monday. Yeah. Uh, yes, um, I will do. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we getting a day off? Yeah, we're the ones that have to deal with this colonization nonsense. We're colonized. Yeah. Why are we getting the benefits? I, I, I guess May 2 for is Victoria Day. Victoria, not Charles Day. <laughs> Let's have a Charles Day as well. Yeah. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Is it getting better? It's getting worse, actually. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. My dream job of being a 1970s, 1980s trailer voice guy. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Huh? <laughs> you want to try, try, try it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Welcome. To sleep away, God. Yeah, pretty good. Not loud. I don't know. He sounded like some, you know, a German psychologist. <laughs> Getting Freud on you here? Yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah. Let's ask, Welcome to sleep away, God. Let's ask Felissa Rose. We hey. got Felissa Rose from sleep away oh. camp here. Welcome to sleep away, God. She's a pro. <laughs> it's my own version. Uh, hey, guys. Hey, how cool is it, Felissa, that you can be in a movie uh, back in 1980, and people are still freaking out about it decades later. I am completely shocked and thrilled, and it amazes me. I was 13 when I made the movie. Crazy. Were you only 13 I was. Sleepaway th- I know I'm 111 now, Taz, okay? But, <laughs> but yes, I was 13 when we made the film. And it was the like greatest experience of my life. That must be the wildest thing. Like, you're, uh, uh, were you in high school even at that point? I was in eighth grade. Yeah. So you must think like I, you, you must have been a celebrity in high school, right? <laughs> or they were terrified by me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell if they're threatened or. Are we doing a spoiler alert on a movie that came out in like 1980? Here, I think we can. There's, yeah. There's a big twist at the end. It turns out that it's you. It's not that big. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> nobody talks about it's it. Got a little twist on it. It was yeah. a little cold. That sleepaway camp. I was was at the waterfront. Come on now. Just swimming. Just swimming. But you ended up being the uh, the killer in in sleepaway camp. Why weren't you in the the, uh, sleepaway camp sequels? You know, I was probably 16 when they were making the sequels, and I had just gotten into college, and I really, really wanted to go. And when I read the script, they sent it to me. I didn't really connect with that character. She was so different from the Angela I had played. Yeah. She was shy and introverted, and then this one came out, like, you know, bursting with comedy, hmm. and I didn't really relate to it. So it was great. They had the marvelous Pamela Springsteen. Bruce who, Springsteen's sister, yeah, right? Yeah, Bruce Springsteen's so sister. So there's no feud between the two. 
two of you. Oh, no. Oh, I yes, worship is, her. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is my manager in the background. You don't cringe when Hungry Heart comes on the radio. I welcome all of it. Now, I love her. She's beautiful and sweet, and it worked out perfectly. I came back for Return to Sleepaway Camp. We're another spoiler. I play a man in the movie, and it was so fun with Vincent Pastore from The Sopranos. Oh, and cool. Isaac Hayes. Whoa, was his last Shaft? Film. Yeah, he was the cook in Return to Sleepaway Camp. Oh, cool. Boy, he was a cook on South Park. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got a tough cast in here. <laughs> we, we have Felissa here because she's in London, Ontario this weekend for Shockstock, which is a big celebration of counterculture, of cult films. Weird James, how are you, buddy? Good, you put this thing on every year. Yeah. Now, we have, you may have heard another voice here. We have another guest, another film star who is appearing at Shockstock this weekend. Now, Jim, I've got, he's wearing sunglasses, he's got the hat on, because this is a surprise to Jim Kelly that you're here, because I know he is a huge fan of a film you have been in, sir. I, I want to see if Jim recognizes Don't put you. me on the spot. Uh, he's a chameleon. He's wearing, he's, we- wearing, he's wearing aviator sunglasses and a hat. Were you wearing that in the movie? Were you in Top Gun? I was not in Top Gun. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Top Gun. That's was that your voice in the movie? Got, yeah. No, well, Jim. Okay. You're, yeah, he's, actually, he's, here, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. yeah. Okay, dude. I'm in the house. Do you were know you where in? I am? Were you in Scream? Close. What's, what's your favorite scary movie? Wait, were you in Scary Movie? What? Wait, yes. hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh, you were Doofy. This is an honor. Ontario. <laughs> this is Dave Sheridan, Dude. star Dude. of Dude. Scary Dude. Movie. Dude. In, in high school, we would have, anytime we'd have a party, we'd put, the, even outside of Halloween, we'd put that movie on in the background and it'd just be playing. You crushed it in that movie. Oh, and yes. I, I got to yes. give you the ultimate compliment. It's like, I watched it this Halloween too. I try every year, and I was just thinking, I don't know if this movie would ever get made again. And you right. were same as Sleepaway Camp, I'd Hello. say. <laughs> Truly, I mean, we, we got some movies in before yeah. times changed. Do right? you feel that way, Dave? Do you oh, th- absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, that was a wild movie. We actually shot that in Canada, really, in Vancouver. What are the Wayans yeah. brothers like? Um, You've pretty, worked with them so much. Uh, How 11, many films? Eleven then? films. Eleven yeah. films. Yeah. So you're one of those that guys. People look up Dave Sheridan on IMDb right now. You'd be like, oh yes, Ghost absolutely. World. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ghost Devil's World Rejects. is a big movie. Yeah. Oh, Devil's Rejects, awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bubble Boy. Yeah. <laughs> with Jake Gyllenhaal, is that Sex Bubble drive. Boy? Yeah. yeah. Frank yeah. McCluskey. Yeah. Sex Drive is an <gasps> underrated it comedy. Is. That is if you a good haven't one. seen Sex Drive, you gotta watch it. People come and they tell me that one, and I'm like, yeah, you got to spread the word on that, you know, like when they come to my table, oh, I love Gene Sex Drive. I go, not a lot of people have seen that. Yeah. That was Seth Green, right? Yeah, Seth Green, James Marsden, myself. Yeah. So do you guys love being uh, on the, the circuit, the convention circuit? It must be so much fun, huh? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. We, we reunite. Travel. It's like the today's modern-day circus. And mm. we're together with so many great friends like Danielle Harris and Kane Hodder and Bill Mosley. And everybody gets together for, like, the family reunion you want to go to. I feel yeah. like I had a bromance with Kane Hodder. Really? We talked about it. He, he was Speaking in here. Speaking of scary voice, guys. He came in here, and he was just the sweetest man. He played uh, Jason 
Jason Voorhees in some of the Friday and the Thirteenth movies. And Victor Crowley in the Hatchet movies. That's where we yep. met. That's yeah. right. Yeah, He's, I have a podcast with Kane Hodder. Oh, do yep. you really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not as good as the Taz and Jim show. <laughs> <laughs> What's the podcast called? Is it about the Taz movie industry? Jim, it is. Darn it's called. What is that? I think it's called Taz and Jim on our show. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what is the podcast called, Casualty Felissa? Friday. And we used to do videos with it. We took a little bit of a hiatus, but we're coming back because Kane and I, you know, we're on the circuit and we like to have a lot of fun. So we sort of came undone during the pandemic, but we're going to get it back. The horror conventions are family oriented and we, I love having families come up and talk to us yeah. and stuff like that. It's just, you got to be aware that there might be a, a bloody guy with a machete and yeah. some guys just, hanging just out walking around. Just be prepared to explain a few so, things to your kids, yeah. especially if uh, you're going to sit scared. through sleepaway yeah. camp. <laughs> yeah. 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 Felissa, Dave, thank you guys oh, so much. Have fun you. in London, right, Ontario Friday, Saturday, weekend. Sunday. See you guys. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, have you received any contact from your fiance Sarah? Yeah, what have I seen here? Um, so a couple pics at, like, parties... Um, You're looking at your computer. Is this stuff this she's been on, posting on social no, media? No, she sent me Facebook message here. Okay, so she so, has directly reached out to you. If, if you didn't hear, uh, Jim's fiance is in Las Vegas right now on her bachelorette party. Yeah, yeah. So she's by the pool. So she sent me a poolside pic. Said she's uh, having some drinks, chilling. Uh, uh-huh. One of her friends that was there with me sent me a video of her leaving a restaurant and said, I don't think we're going to be let into any other bars tonight. <laughs> She wasn't wasted, but she was definitely Swerving having a good a time. Swerving a little. Okay. Well, I'm glad you heard. I wouldn't say you were uh, you were concerned yesterday about her being away for the weekend at her bachelorette party, but you know, stuff that happens at bachelorettes. I wasn't concerned. You were concerned, or at least trying to inject some concern <laughs> into been, my brain. Might have been trying to make you concerned. And I still am. <laughs> we posted the question, and we'll we'll get into this here. And I'd love to hear some phone calls from ladies. What is the craziest thing you've ever witnessed at a bachelorette party? Let us know one eight three three eight two nine six five four six. That's one eight three three Taz and Jim. Mm, to be a fly on the wall, eh? <laughs> Usually, I do know this. And my wife went to a bachelorette party in Vegas one time. And came back, and the big story was two of the friends entered Las Vegas as friends, and their relationship ended there. Because usually there's two two participants in The Bachelorette that end up clashing, and with all the alcohol and the you know the the stimulants that are sure. in Las Vegas, things get carried away and things get said. That you can't take back. Yeah, especially if they've never went went away together. They're kind of maybe the friend of a friend, yeah. or they've never spent time in a hotel together, and they've never been this close. Yeah, there, there, there's been some blow ups on some bachelorette parties for sure. Yeah, so there was there was two friends that my wife is still friends with them both, but they are no longer friends with each other because of the drama oh, at the bachelorette boy. party. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to happen at your bachelor party in the woods, Jim. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like guys get over it quicker. Or, like, on Monday of the long weekend, if there is any fights, which I would be very skeptical there would be, they'd probably bury the hatchet right away. Oh, I'm sorry, I was drunk. All right, dude. Yeah. 
Let's like, watch the Leafs game. It's like the old, you, you, you wrestle in the front yard for a bit, and then both of you stand up and say, okay, that's over. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, my uh, when we went to uh, Mount Tremblant a few months ago, Taz, when we went on that jet, I, me and my buddy got in a fight, and we were literally wrestling on the hotel room floor, and I was choking him <laughs> out, and he, I was trying to get him to tap. He was trying to get me to tap, and we eventually po- apologized. We got a call here. Taz and Jim, who's this? It's Carrie. How's it going, man? Carrie, you've been to yep. a bachelorette party? Actually, I have. What were you doing there? Oh no, are you a male stripper? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get into details. Let's just say that women can be a lot more nasty than men. Oh I've boy, heard. I've heard. Are That's you the? Say. Are you the dancing bear, Carrie? Wait a second. <laughs> In fact, that would make me a Care Bear. This <laughs> old Care Bear. Oh yeah, I, I've heard the same real, thing, aren't they? I've heard the same thing. They must be. We're currently talking about bachelorette parties. How crazy they can get. We're just trying to put Jim's mind at ease here. <laughs> His fiance currently at her bachelorette down in Las Vegas. I like this story in the comment section here on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. We went to Vegas once and we brought a stripper back to our hotel room. Turns out it was a guy we went to high school with. Hmm. Kyle? (laughs) I don't know if that's best case scenario or worst case scenario for that stripper guy. Weren't you in my class? I was your teacher. (laughs) What? (laughs) Is that a movie quote? Oil of Olay twice a day, Jim. That's an old commercial. Okay. Uh, We've got Madison on the line. Madison has a story about a bachelorette party she was at. Hey there. Hello. You got a wild bachelorette story for us? I do. Wild and kind of weird. We were in Muskoka last year for a bachelorette at a cottage in the middle of nowhere and got a uh, stripper to come to the cottage to surprise the bride. Oh, boy. You were not the bride. This is not your bachelorette party. No, not yet. Mine's rooftop, so hopefully we learned what not to do. <laughs> so remote cabin, stripper coming to the cabin in Muskoka. Go on. <laughs> stripper shows up as a cop, and he's the scrawniest guy I've ever seen, which is hilarious because the bride um, fiance is a big buff gym guy, so that was already a off tip, red flag. And so he did his little show and interacted with people. But then afterwards, he hung around and wouldn't leave. He wanted to check out the dog. He wanted to go skinny dipping. He was hanging around. And we're like, all right, well, you know, time to go to bed. Like, trying to brush his teeth off. And it was the weirdest thing ever. It'd be funny if you had to call the cops on the guy wearing the cop uniform. <laughs> he gets charged with indecency and impersonating a police officer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we we just got a text message here, Madison. It's funny you say this because we had Carrie call in, and it sounded like he may have been in that profession at some point, a, a male exotic dancer. And he said, women are nasty. They get down and dirty. They're way worse than men. Is that true, or do are male strippers just nastier than female strippers and will allow women to do more than female strippers will allow men to do? I don't know. This guy was pretty aggressive with his dance moves. Maybe we weren't feeding into it as much as he would have liked to, but he was trying to really, you know, get interactive, and we just were not. It was not the vibe he was putting out. But Terry did mention being a care bear, and this guy did mention afterwards while we were talking to him that he, like, you know, he sometimes does whatever the clients want. So he's shown up in, uh, like, animal costumes before and stuff like that. So I don't okay. know. Okay. He sounds like a really good guy. 
He's going yeah. to go above and beyond. Now, Jim's Jim's uh, fiance Sarah is in Vegas right now. She may be interacting with one of these exotic dancers as we speak. Yeah, Who you knows? Never know. uh, how far do they go? Do they gear right down like they're uh, they're uh, the helicopter blades spinning, or uh, what's the deal? His helicopter was covered, but it was spinning. <laughs> okay, so he kept the uh, he kept the thong on. Yes, he did, thankfully. And I think we would have kept it that way if it was any any of our choice. Vegas, <laughs> on the other hand, I don't know. I wish you all the best, Jim, because who knows what happens in Vegas. <laughs> I, you never find out. That's the thing. It stays there. Madison, good luck with your bachelorette party. I hope you get a a male stripper who leaves once the job is finished. Thank you very much. Wait, what job? (laughs) Don't worry about it, Madison's fiancé. It'll be fine. The best part is my fiancé's an actual cop, so I hope no other cop shows up to mine. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to show up like a firefighter. That's right. You always want something you don't have. Yeah.